In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grubmeyer, and today you're in for a real treat. Today's guest is Warren Phillips. Warren started his career as a credentialed geologist that led him to understand the impact synthetic chemicals and environmental toxins have upon the human condition. A necessary career shift was triggered by toxins deteriorating his own health, leading him to become the VP of a sales and marketing company for a prestigious wellness company. Now, Warren quickly learned his best resource for sharing vital information was via the internet, social media, and tenacious marketing efforts. With determination to share his message, he is now a multiple seven to eight figure award-winning marketer in several health niches. Warren also owns and operates Revelation Health and other companies that have a commitment to helping people sift through the nutritional confusion and find real answers to their health needs. Please welcome to the show, Warren Phillips. Thanks, Tony. It's a pleasure and honor to be on this show, looking at some of the past guests. I'm in an amazing company, so thank you so much, Tony. Definitely. Why don't we start with the same question every guest who comes on the show gets is, what is your definition of success? And from it, we'll go up Success Mountain together today. It sounds good. You know, as a, as a father, as a founder, you know, and kind of having some of those transitions as an entrepreneur, we all go through them. The relentless the success, no matter what to truly uh, becoming a leader in your organization and, and taking those bumps and bruises. For me, success is time spent with family, connecting with other humans, helping them become better, giving and sharing and love and learning how to be kinder, more generous, starting to do some of the hard work that it takes to go to that next level of fulfillment and achievement. Because the, the other stuff, hard work does get you there, but you know, at a cost at time, what is the cost to success? And as I've made those mistakes, Tony, I'm really looking forward and I have transitioned, but I, as you know, once you start transitioning, you don't realize how big that rabbit hole goes and what true success is. So I'm in the process of learning what true success is, but true success to me is some of those higher level things. Definitely. But let me say this and be honest, I love making money and, and, and helping others make money. It's a lot of fun to me. That's not a negative word. That's growth. That's expression. That's reward for adding value to the world. But success really isn't that. It's just an outcome of those things that I that I spoke of. And it seems that the more I do of that, the more successful, quote unquote, as the world would see it, success uh, seems to happen as you start to move into those different avenues of personal development and success thought. You gave us a lot to chew on. I love a couple pieces. I mean, I love it all, but the couple pieces that really come to me is the fulfillment, achievement. You love making money. You love helping others to make money. And, you know, I think deep down inside, you know, father, husband, you love being in connection with people and you, and you said authentic, right? Like those are cool terms that get thrown around in our society, but I've spent enough time with you. I met you through a mutual friend, Josh Felber seen you at multiple events, had a time to spend with you. 
And I just love your energy. And I'm excited for everybody to kind of learn more about you. Even one of my good friends, Adam Miller, talks all the time about you got to spend more time with Warren. He's just one of the best in the world. So thank you so very much. I want to back up a little bit because in your intro, we talked about toxins, deteriorating your health, et cetera. I want to go back before you even knew what the word was. You were a kid. Where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in backcountry, Pennsylvania, is what I like to call it, but <laughs> north of Pittsburgh in the middle of nowhere, cornfield crossed the, the road, uh, ran trap lines, hunted, fished, rode my bike with my fishing pole down a gravel road every day after school, walked not up a hill, but obviously had to walk to, to school through the snow and up to my bus stop and those sorts of things. So a very rural upbringing. My dad was a steel mill worker who became a business owner doing excavating. And so I probably started working since I was four. A work ethic, you know, isn't something that's hard for me. But so a very rural, you know, rags the riches type story, poverty, especially before I was born, living in a trailer, trailer park to my dad getting his own land. That whole journey is part of kind of my upbringing and where I was from. I I love it. And Warren, what I love is once again, we're talking about authenticity, right? Telling people, this is where I came from. Like, this is what I did, right? I, I picture you knowing that you love the fish, love the outdoors, that I could see you as that child with the fishing pole going down the road. I remember doing that and my pole would be bent because my hook would be down to one of the loops and I would have this hook over my handlebars as I was trying to make sure I didn't eat it and I didn't get it caught on anything on my drive. What's a great memory of something you overcame as a child? Maybe it was being bullied by a kid or one day your mom decided or dad decided, hey, you don't have to take the bus. I'm going to give you a drive every day to school. What was a challenge you overcame growing up? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, I, I've thought about this a little bit. You know, I, I can definitely pick one up right away, but it's more of a high school one. But you made a good point. I want to I explore more about childhood, you know, overcoming. Maybe it'll come to me even as I tell this story, as you know, when you start releasing emotions, other emotions come out. But I, I remember being the, the kid that wasn't big enough to like throw javelin or be the best. And I remember just really becoming an expert at throwing the javelin in high school. And I felt like that was a great achievement for me because I became an all-state javelin thrower and that was great. And I went on to college to be a you know multiple American national holding records and in, in throwing well. But so and I like to think of this as terms of energy. When someone tells you you can't do something, I know this is one of your your jams is taking challenges and usually that energy becomes the very energy that takes you to the success mountain. So that negative energy, you label that a positive, you're like, well, F you, we'll see how small and how I'm not fit for this particular, whether it's to become a medical doctor or to become whatever you become in life. When someone tells you that, it was a great motivator. And so I overcame that challenge and, and did really well in that. So that's, it's not one of those as deep as I would, I would like to go because I'd like to go deep, Tony. I really do. So, but that's, that's one of those for sure. It was an overcoming sort of thing. My wife and I last night got a chance to go see Captain Marvel. And in the movie, there's kind of this point where her memory keeps triggering more memories and she goes deeper back into her childhood trying to figure out stuff. And she just remembers everybody told her, you're never going to amount to anything. Like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And, and I hear a little bit of that in a lot of the stories that I hear when I talk to entrepreneurs, not to ruin the movie for anybody, but towards the end, she channels all of that as kind of like, hey, I've already been there. That's what's happened. What's on the other side of that? What's on the other side when you found 
hard work. You became an all-American throwing the javelin. Like you saw like there was roadblocks, but like anything, you didn't stop. You were determined. So I loved your story and your share because it fits right in the mold of what I think as an entrepreneur, anybody on their journey, any business owner, anybody, you've got roadblocks. They're placed on us every single day. It's, hey, not enough customers coming in. I got too much inventory. I don't have enough, you know, marketing assets. So I'm figuring out how many more weeks I can keep the doors on. I got creditors knocking on my door. I got real life issues. But then I take all of what you were saying and I go back again to your childhood where I even think there's a bigger story and a trigger. I grew up in a mobile park. I grew up in a mobile home. I grew up with less than, but I became more than everybody around me because of, I think, determination. Yeah, grit would be, you know, I mean, I actually did a, I speak at my own seminars. I don't always do that, but I actually did a, I talked about this because you really look at, I always look at myself and I look at what others need to push through, to go to that next level. And it comes down to being an overcomer, right? We, we've heard that term a lot, but a lot of entrepreneurs, what makes them great is that they learned how to push through pain. They learned to be determined, to be the best and, and they, they're able to push through it. It doesn't happen by luck necessarily. It happens through that, that gritty determination when they hit a wall. My CEO likes to say, Warren, you're, you're drowning and you don't even realize it and you're drowning all your team around you. So you gotta be careful with that as an entrepreneur too because we are gritty, we are determined. We can run through brick walls, but not everyone is built that way. So we're actually built for leadership too, but that's that transition, we're very gritty. And the same thing happened, you know, that same pattern throughout my whole life is there. It's like, hey, you're not going to get into graduate school because your GRE scores were bad. But I was, I'm an ADD guy. Like I couldn't sit down and focus on a test. <laughs> I, I eventually retook the GREs when they first discovered it online. Actually, Apple, one Apple, uh, what's his name? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had next left computers. That's what we kind of took the, that was a, one of his computer genius projects that actually failed long term. But I took the test again online and I crushed it. And my professor in, in undergraduate still said to me, it's like, that must be a mistake. You know, you shouldn't move on. So of course I went to graduate school, you know, so of course I got straight A's and did all of those things. We'll get into some of that. You use all that grit and you're able to achieve. And I think that's where the bottom can fall out too for, for many of us is we have that grit, the determination we can push through. Someone tells us we can't, we do, we use that energy in a positive way and learn how to refocus that energy and that negativity and turn it into positive. So that, that story is, I think, really important for the entrepreneur, but I think there's more to that story and there's more enlightenment on the other side of just the grittiness of what makes us successful. The movie Multi Multiplicity with Michael Keaton came out years ago when he tried to clone himself. You running a business have you often had that thought? Like if I could just clone me, we could get this done so much faster. Have you ever had that thought? Way too many times actually. Yeah. And that leads into like doing it yourself and being stressed out and not managing people and helping them achieve greatness and being patient, being kind, using positive affirmations when people do things well. It's like raising your kids when you're running a business. Cause guess what? We are a bunch of, bunch of kids hurt by our, our wounds and our parents. And so those same language patterns that our parents should have used with us that I try to use with my children is the same things that we all need to grow our life. And that's the reason you do what you're doing. You know, you've been through a lot. So it's great to elevate other entrepreneurs, help help the world by giving, by loving, kindness. I mean, it's it's a huge part of your success model, but also just your heart. So 
that's some of the transitions that I think that we all go through. So it sounds like kind of through your education and, and even undergrad, there were people counting you out, not counting you in, right? And, and so let's, let's just keep that word grit and achievement and fulfillment right kind of right in the center of our conversation today. I think those are three good words I'm just going to keep, keep bringing up kind of as we go up Success Mountain. You know, and one of the things on the climb that I, I see, you know, kind of looking back at you is something happened, something happened in your life where there was some moments where you had to make some pivotal decisions. You know, one with, I think, the toxins. I want to talk about that. But being a credentialed geologist, I'm like, all right. And then toxins, how did, how did all that come into kind of play? How did all that go from being a geologist and, and seeing things one way and then having somebody inform you about you've got some serious issues going on and then making this choice to now take all of that and become a person who's now running events, running a medical company, basically helping people with wellness. I mean, in one of your internet fasting groups, I mean, like you're doing a lot of great stuff. What was the, the pivotal moment kind of you remember looking back where you said, hey, this is what I want to go do and this is how I'm going to go do it. Well, I, you know, in my case, I mean, I'll take a, a few steps back. I think you'll find this journey uh, pretty interesting. And I think the, the listeners or viewers will as well. Again, this whole journey for me is very spiritual in nature. You know, that the universe has really put me in this direction. And I think a lot of us throw that word around flippantly, but it's true when there is a purpose for your life and there is a purpose and a destiny for all of our lives. And you can read the, the book that's on, on resistance. I think it's called The War of Art. It's a really good book. I mean, I have a twist of my own belief system, but a really, really stinking good book talks about resistance. And, you know, I have my own version of it. But when things happen to you, think of your life as a bowstring. Um, the universe has a purpose and a destiny for you. And then when things, bad things are happening to you, it's just pulling back on that power of what you're going to become in your future, in your future self, what God, the universe has for you. So resistance, as defined by this book, is evil. It's out to get you. It's, it's the opposing force. I look at it as the yin and the yang, and it's a necessary evil force, if you will, to help you propel you in your destiny. If you read ancient texts, it's all through it. It's in the Bible. It's in, in all the stories out there of this, this, this evil force. But literally, to quote one of the most common scriptures out there that most Americans know anyway, is God works all things together for good. So meaning the bad things that are happening to your life are actually the power that pulls back on you, the arrow that's able to launch you into your destiny, into your life. And I, I feel like you, both of us at some level are on that path or that journey. It doesn't mean we're not going to get pulled back on more. We're not going to feel that, that tension over time. So I know that's kind of going off that. No, I think it's, it's perfect. There's a gentleman, Dove Barron, who always speaks to me and he says, you know, you often find your purpose in your mess. Yeah. Right. So you, you gotta, you gotta have it. And I mean, I think we all spring from something. We all came here. We all have a heartbeat. We're all connected in the energy in the universe. Absolutely. You made a statement of attraction and negative and positive. And I think that you've done so much. I mean, that was one of the attractions early on to you is when we were on a boat, a dear friend of ours, he lost his life earlier in the year, Brandon, yeah. but down at War Room and TNC, we, we were on a group boat out in the, you know, floating around the harbor in, in San Diego. And it's that attraction about you of you're like, hey, how can I help you? How can I be of service? And, and it wasn't like you needed anything. It was just like, what could I do to help you? 
that's the world, right? And you talked a little bit about resistance, the war of art. I don't look at fear as a false thing. I look at it as a real thing that also motivates the heck out of me. Will Smith has a great little one minute clip about fear. It's like your shadow. It's always there. You can either go, Ooh, there's my shadow. Or you can just be reminded it's always there and then just keep moving forward. Yeah, I agree. It's so fun to be able to have these conversations and, and to help others start to transition that way because it becomes a, a better world. And I think there's more opportunity. Media is the media, but there's, there's a critical, beautiful opportunity right now. I think the world is ripe for the things of true growth and true love and this non-judgmental movement, if you will. Because it, in the past, you know, with religion and politics, it's like, come on. Like, you're not going to change people. This is human psychology. Where can we love one another and not get angry? Where can we add value to each other's lives and, be, and collaborate at, at a much higher level? We're evolved humans. Let's not go back to the Roman Empire here. Let's progress the human thought and see where we can land. And I think it's a beautiful time. And I think many of us, because of the prosperity too, because we're, we're, it's a very prosperous time right now, we can really make some leaps and bonds in human development and really see some massive change and get rid of some of this judgment and divisiveness. That's one of my passions actually is kicking the shit out of religion and religiosity and judgment. That's like one of my pet peeves in this world. Like I really want to beat the crap out of that. that might, that'll be my second book, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to take that on yet. I don't think I'm mature enough, but. I like, I like the messaging. I think one of the reasons why I even just like you even that much more, you know, one of the journals that I'm working on, its whole premise is to go and talk about religion, but to interview monks and priests and Buddhists and like learn. But the yeah. whole goal at the end of it is to end discrimination. Because I think I'm not known to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm just known to think I wasn't put on this earth to argue about everything with everyone. I want to be more like Gandhi and be the change than be like somebody saying that you're a piece of crap. And if you don't follow me, you're going to die. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that basically holds up a mirror for others to see their reflection and say, it's possible. Let's go walk together and go do this and find a solution. And we're going to talk today, even about something offline we were talking about. You have a, a new project that you're kind of incubating and working on and a book to follow. And you were just talking about your second book. So let's quickly kind of jump to the elephant in the room, as I like to say, something happened. When was it? When was something big, the shift that triggered toxins deteriorating in your body? Like, when was that? How many years ago? It probably started about 2003. So, and this is where I'll, I'll kind of show you the, the journey. And this, I'm going to go two seconds back. So, in college, I had the typical fishing, hunting mindset. So, I was lived from the country. So, I was going to go get a job make sure I was around for opening deer season, opening trout season, get married, have kids in the country, hang out with my best friends from high school. Like didn't realize that God and the universe had a different plan for me at that, at that point. Right. But I had two friends die. One got hit by a, uh, a jackknifing truck. And she, I mean, these are some of the stories that are super impactful and emotional to me. It's like really hard not to cry when you talk about it because the one girl I swear was an angel. Like she, she was failing out of school because she was giving so many gifts. This is real story. She was from Greece. Her family was from Greece. Her name was Evie Maver Georges, the most wonderful, loving, incredible human on the planet. And she changed me forever. But she got randomly killed, you know, driving to visit someone, you know, north up in Erie, Lake Erie. And she was, I, I drive by the exit all the time still when I go home to visit. 
and cause I continued to fish up in Lake Erie and she got hit by a jackknifing trike. She was off like looking for help and a, a new truck driver slid off the route and smacked her and died. Not within months later, my best friend shot and killed himself in the Navy. So that's when I turned my back on God, literally said, F you, you know, I'm like, I, none of this shit, you know, start asking those important questions as an adolescent would like, what's life all about? So anyway, that's what made me decide literally to go to graduate school. Cause that happened in Allegheny college in Meadville. And I decided, man, I, I got to get the heck out of Dodge. Like this, this life, like there's gotta be something more for me than my best friend. Who's part of my journey. He was going to be part of my hunting and fishing story, right? That I was creating for myself, the vision for my life. So that's when I went to graduate school. Graduate school left very lonely, sad, wound up dating a girl, getting engaged that was back from high school, trying to reach back into those roots. You know, a girlfriend that that I had that was from high school back in the day, right? So we wound up getting engaged, moving in together, uh, doing all that stuff. That didn't freaking work out, right? (laughs) Didn't work out well. So I was even more, and still, even more disillusioned at this point about life. It's like, oh, okay, it's not about hunting and fishing. It's not about being all American javelin thrower. It's not about getting straight A's in graduate school, undergrad, doing all these things, being the number one guy in church. That came later. So all these things really started to make me question really what is life about. So those are some of the major traumas, I would say, that, that brought about enlightenment and questioning and movement. And so after... The, the loss of my girlfriend, fiance, actually, that's when I really started looking at the world from a different perspective. That really broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I start looking at the world, how it was influencing me. It was my first taste of marketing. I was in the matrix and I started to get out of the matrix and I looked at magazines and I would go to bars and, I'm, and I would start, I was actually enlightened. I was able to see the juxtaposition of relationships and drinking and the, the frivolity, the frivolousness of life at some, at some nature. And, and just looking at magazines and being like, this is making me miserable because I don't have that right now. And it's marketing and it's calling out to me that I need that to be happy. I need a sexual encounter. I need to be downtown. I need to do these things. And I knew it was all BS, but I had no real skill set. And I had mentors. I had a great pastor back then, but I really started questioning all this stuff. And that's when I went on my spiritual journey, had a great God encounter of just waves of his love over my life. And I really felt a massive spiritual connection. I never had an altar call or any of those defining moments. But all I can say is I met God and it was beautiful and it was love. And I had a lot of wisdom and revelation. And I was just told, you know what, through all that shit, here's the message, through all the mistakes that you made, through all the pain that you've been through, and it's really nothing, but for me, it was a lot at the time, especially with the relationship. I loved you. I was there. You know, I was beside you. I was the opposite shadow. I was the light that you can't see that was next to you. So I had the shining bright light that was there and I felt loved. That journey took me, this is where I get mad at religiosity now because I went on a kind of a, because I was raised Catholic and stuff like that. I kind of went on the religious a religious rant to the best of my ability. So never judge someone who's acting religious and judgmental. Just forgive them. They, they're doing the best they can, right? Just give them a break. I was that guy. You, you like me now, you know, Tony, you probably, you would have loved me then too, because you were enlightened. But, you know, I was doing the best I could. I was getting, you know, I was healing up. It was great. And then here's the defining moment, two defining moments really in this journey. I remember that I achieved some of the the spiritual stuff. Like I was doing really well there. I got really great in that bubble. 
and I was doing really well in that place. It was a cult-like church, you know, all that stuff. It became disillusional, and, and that was another, another spiritual transition that I went through. But I remember I was in church one day. It was church in the park, and they're telling this message. And if you're on first base, you're doing great in life, third, fourth, and you're, you're on third base, and you're running towards home. If you think you're at that place spiritually or emotionally, man, watch out. You know, something's going to happen in your life that's going to do that. And at the time, believe it or not, I was really, I, I wanted to understand the concept of grace and I really couldn't get it. I'd read the books, but I'm like, how can I just like eat a hamburger if I was, say I was Jewish, right? And I, how can I eat a, eat a piece of pork and be like, that's okay, God still loves me. Like, so how can you do bad things and still experience love and grace from, you know, a heavenly father, right? Or, or the universe, how can good things happen to you? And, and how can you be forgiven and do these things? What is grace? I really didn't understand. So that was the thing I was fighting with. But I remember like that moment, that defining moment, Tony, where I'm like, oh, shit. Like I just it was that same like universal like God download, like something's going to happen. I needed an experience to break to create that learning like that was what I felt. And then I didn't realize what it was. That's when I started developing these debilitating symptoms. Right. It really all started with the whiplash accident chasing a girl actually trying to show up water skiing in this beautiful mountain up in uh Sealy Lake Montana actually and I remember when I did it the, the electric shockies I thought I was dead and I'm like I'm going home like this is over and I felt peace like I was like good and then the electric turned back on I woke up and from then on I was cleaning up hazardous waste mercury cleanups federal use defense sites working for the army corps of engineers the US forest service bureau of land management all kinds of like toxic stuff and it really took me to the point where I couldn't be there for, I mean, I had a lot of like, you don't know this about me, but I had this thing called Joshua generation where I took a lot of kids that were got out of the, the local jail who had drug issues and I created, we just cooked for them and loved on them. Right. And I had a really big group that would just come to my, it was kind of my church, if you will, it was my own little thing that I had going on, but I was really into helping these, these kids, you know, uh, really connect with themselves and get whole and healthy and, and they're all, you know, a lot of them are doing really well today, but I couldn't do any of those things anymore. I couldn't adapt to any stress. That's the whole point. I couldn't exercise. I gained weight, sound sensitive, massive anxiety, couldn't sleep. I mean, it was really bad. Like I could, I, I was at work. I would try to like, if I had a project to do, I'd just be like shaking, started to have trouble driving. Like it was really bad. And you, and you go the medical route, Tony, and you know, there's really nothing there for you. And I didn't realize this was part of the training. You know, this is part of understanding grace and not ju being judgmental and learning how to love and, and appreciating where people are at and not judging someone for where they're at. Because I was this sick, worthless, in my mind, I'm not putting these words on me now, but then I really just couldn't function. So I had to sell everything I had, sold my house. I sold it as I was driving away, I put $60,000 in my bank because I was able to, I bought a house, a four year, you know, like $120,000 house and I sold it for 200,000 like four years later. I split the lot line and did some fun things. Details. I'm giving you lots of details. So driving home, sold my house, moved into my parents' basement, completely dysfunctional. So that's what's led me to this. And I'll, and I'll say the, the, the finding words that my pastor told me at that time. He's the only one that didn't judge me. I had muscle twitching. He would, I'd go over there just to function. Like I just needed loved on. I needed cared for. I was really freaking sick. And he, I remember them taking peas out of the freezer because I had fibromyalgia at this point too. So they're putting peas on my back and it just, and he was going through some transitions as well. And he said, Warren, you're not running from something, you're going to something. 
destiny, right? He didn't say that, but he said, you're not running from something more. And I, I know for a fact that you're, you're running towards your destiny. And mind you, I was making $40,000 a year back then working, you know, 80 hours a week for an environmental consulting company, I have a master's degree in toxicology and chemistry from the university of Montana. And that's where I was at at the time, by the way. That's Man, I just got to say, thank you for sharing that. We're going to, we're going to take a quick break, but I kind of want to sum up a little bit today in my devotional, I was reading and it ties in kind of perfect kind of where we're at today. We, we, we've talked about God, you know, higher power being whatever. It's interesting to note that there are 365 verses in the Bible that say, fear not. And Rick Warren goes on to kind of write, God provided us with one fear not message for every day of the year. I think God is saying, get the message, don't be afraid. And just hearing your story and hearing I, I think we weren't created to do bad. I think we were, we were all created to, to go out and do good in this world. Some of us just get stuck on a roller coaster that seems like there's never an end and you don't know how to get off of it. And then one day something comes along, some moment, some person, some fiance, something happens. And then all of a sudden this, it stops and you're like, okay, now what? And then you go on to lose another good friend who, who takes his life. So I hear somebody who had a moment to really decide in this, am I going to go follow their path? Am I going to go follow that and just go, like you were saying, bars and nights and just kind of end up with that? Or is I going to take everything that had happened and figure out how to keep going? And your pastor said that. Your pastor said to you, through everything, keep going, right? Your shadow, it's right there. He Walking with you is God. I call Jesus, but like saying, walking with you in everything that we do and every step we take, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear the unknown, but every day we have to have faith to take steps that we can't see in front of us. So it's kind of like how I would look at it like this, the Grand Canyon, two sides, multiples in your mind, but two sides, one, one here, one there. God is the bridge. He, he makes the trek that much easier for us but yet we have to be willing to do the work and walk where we can't see the path always being and feel like, hey, no matter what, we're going to be okay. Warren, I just want to say thank you for sharing from your fishing stories to talking about Lake Erie to the enlightenment. I really, I love this from kind of pastor to, to questioning in God, but the whole deal about how you met God through the mess and having that, that feeling of God saying, I am with you. I think that is really powerful. And I want to touch on that and I want to come back to learn how you've taken kind of all of these amazing gifts, as I call you, an archaeologist picking up tools and putting them in, in your toolbox as you're kind of going out about life. And you're like, I picked this up. I got this. Now I chisel this. And you've been able to build multiple seven and eight figure businesses. And I know people are going to love that today, even though our show isn't about money. I love money, but I love talking about how people become successful. And I also want to talk about Revelation Health and other companies and your commitment to, you know, the non-toxic project and really making a difference in the world. So today's special guest is Warren Phillips. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and we're going to be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. We're going to take a quick break. And since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lifts towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it. You're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. 
And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. It's the real stories behind success. What a cliffhanger talking about toxins in our body and really saying what are the things that we're doing that are causing us so much pain and frustration, like literally causing us to die right before everybody's eyes. And this awakening moment where we get clarity and cleanse and the grit, the determination, we've, we've heard it today for more and multiple times where faced with obstacles, he just... He should have been maybe a high jumper or maybe a hurdle jumper. He he should have been doing something besides throwing javelins because he's been jumping over obstacles that have been placed before him, making really important decisions to keep moving forward. Warren, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Tony. This has been such a great show. I mean, I'm I'm learning a lot about myself just talking to you. So I think I'm getting the gift right now. And hopefully other people, things are triggering in their mind right now about their experiences and, and the achievements that they have and celebrating where the light has been next to him, where God and Jesus has been next to him, if you will, as the shadows continually are are there by us all the time. Despite everything that's happened, right? The the ugly stuff, the bad stuff, and even the good stuff, we needed it all to get to this very point. All the stuff you've gone through growing up. And one question I forgot to ask in the very beginning, and I I think it's going to help me to tie in a couple things as we come down. Siblings, brother, sister, do you grow up with anybody or only child? I have a brother that's four and a half years older than me. So how's your relationship with him? Uh, pretty good. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's great. It's good. But, uh, you know, there's there's definitely some things there. Just shortly, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of like talk a little bit about him. But he's super talented, re- really freaking smart, book smart, never had a trouble with that and did so much better than I did in, in school. I mean, I got there, but I had to work, you know, 10 times as hard, right? Always got the ladies. I really didn't. Didn't have that belief, really. And then also an incredible athlete. He had the Superman strength, right? Where he could do the one-arm chin-ups and he pole vaulted. He was a pole vaulter <laughs> and a great teacher. And he's a great man. He's investing into to youth, um, being working at a private school. But at the same time, you know, he hasn't had the blessing that I have. So he always he's always looking to get, not to give. He gives really well. So as I've progressed, there's definitely some issues still there and some patterns that he created in me and I created in him growing up together. Right. And as all older brothers, they're a little abusive, but he was a good older brother, very loving and wanted a brother. It's not like he didn't want a brother, but so it's interesting. We'll, we'll unpack that another time, but yeah. So. No, I, I just want to say thanks. I think anytime we get to learn about where we come from, why we do what we do and how we, how we do it. And then helping somebody listening today, people are listening on a train, a plane, an automobile. They're they're walking to the gym. They're working out in the gym. I mean, all types of people in all walks of life are learning from this. I've got people in Africa who lis- listen as they run mission trips and welcome people from the States over there. I mean, I've got all sorts of people listening. And what I love is, yes, I focus on entrepreneurs, but I focus on the human spirit and the condition of love. At the end of it, I want people to be fulfilled. And, and I, I certainly feel today that you're living a fulfilling life. You talked about fulfillment in the beginning. You talked about achievement. And we're going to jump into how you've been able to run multiple seven to eight figure businesses. Where did that all come from? How did did you take a passion, turn it into a business? And as you said in a moment, money, like you like it. It's not a bad word. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, from getting sick and then doing that, that natural health journey, you realize that there was a cause, right? 
So back then, back in 2005, there wasn't a cause, there, there wasn't a lot of information. So I was very, again, disillusioned, like, why am I sick? And they put you on Effexor and psychotropic drugs. And you asked, I'm a scientist, right? I have a master's degree. I'm like, so what does this do? Not sure. How long should I stay on it the rest of your life? You're on one drug. Most people are on three or four. So those statements really drove me nuts because if I didn't have the faith, right? Because I had that great, I even got a ministry degree. That's how into it I got, right? <laughs> so I had these great logs of, of faith that were, were on me. But at that point, I wasn't faithful in the religious sense because I wasn't reading my Bible, wasn't praying, wasn't doing any of that because I was dysfunctional in fibromyalgia. My parents' house had mold in it. Like I got even more sick, chemically sensitive, couldn't go outside. I couldn't go to church if I wanted to because someone would have perfume on. Like it was a mess. I had a really, the mess got messier as I moved home. It didn't get better thinking that if you quit your job and sit at home, it's going to get better. Oh my gosh, it got way worse. But in that, I was looking for answers for health and I found natural health through my cousin's husband, who's later became my business partner and in, in, in most of our adventures here. So when he started talking about how he got well after detoxification, starts giving me literature, I literally would go and I'd send split tamps. I got like a heavy metals test, urine heavy challenge test, right? And I would send split tamp samples to my own labs that I used back in Idaho, whatever is a lab that I used because I didn't trust this natural health crap, right? Because it didn't make any sense, but some of the things he was saying make sense. So fast forward that, once I got that enlightenment, start reading the research and start getting well myself through these alternative methods, I got really pissed off because think about this. I would go on to abandoned mine sites and clean up, you know, where someone, the, the tailings don't grow anything. Tailings are the aftermath of ripping rock out of the mountain and crunching it all up, kind of like the, the show Gold Rush, where you, you crunch up all the rock and you spit it out, right? And so this crunched up rock is full of arsenic and lead and other contaminants. People would think it's a beautiful beachy sand and play on it, but maybe 10 people a year, but they get exposure. So we'd spend $4 million cleaning up the stream, right? Which is great. But then I found out that people have amalgam fillings that are, you drink a cup of hot coffee and it exceeds the air quality limit by a thousand times for mercury vapor in your own mouth going into your brain, making people nuts, AKA mad hatters disease. So we can look that up and, and find that. But anyway, so when I got that enlightenment, I'm like, holy cow, I was trying to clean up the environment because I came from a, a great liberal arts college where we talked to reduce, recycle, reuse, I'm all about it. But yet we were poisoning people with plastics, with junk, with amalgam fillings, root canals, all these nasty things that are causational in nature were the reason that I didn't feel well. So I, I moved from medicating a symptom to getting to the root cause that happens emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So that put me on the mission. So now I have this emotional energy, right? That I was using. And then I had this spiritual energy that I was using through this enlightenment and I'm starting to get my life back and being like, well, if I'm so blessed that I was able to get this information, but most of the world doesn't know it. So that driving force has really been that relentless grit again to go through every freaking challenge I think a, a business owner can go through. We weren't the one hit wonder. We didn't go to 10 million in, in three years selling a, a weight loss supplement, Tony. I mean, great. I'm glad that happened to you, but that's not how our success ladder happened. It went, came through doing fulfillment, as you know, because you do fulfillment, fulfilling out of a 700 square foot 
apartment that didn't even have carpet because we didn't have enough money, right? And this is fast forwarding on doing fulfillment from there to going above my uncle's funeral home because it was free rent and free electricity to building my team there, doing fulfillment out of there, increasing our products, our websites, and just continuing down coaching doctors and spreading the message, trying to take what I didn't have access to back in 2004, 2005, and trying to spread that message and raising up some of the other influencers that are out there today. You know, Dr. Josh Axe was a student of ours, Dr. Jockers, you know, some of these other up and comers that are doing great and spreading a message that are out there. We've inspired them and sometimes coached many of them that been to our, been to our seminars, been to our events way back. And we started events in 2006. So that's been our life message and mission. And then the learnings, you know, along the way. And that's when you get into management and all those pieces to go from seven to eight figures that, and then eight figures, hopefully nine figures as we move forward. It requires a different skill set, and you have to acquire that, hire that. You know, those are some of the entrepreneurial pieces, but it's still that I hate, I don't like this. I mean, dislike this, but the hero's journey, like I'm so sick of seeing that from stage. If I, if some, if someone teaches me how to do a hero, hero's journey message one more time, I'm going to puke. I, I just don't believe in that. Yeah, I, I got that. You know, all of us do. And how about the guy that, you know, didn't know how to raise a kid because he had a bad model. That's a hero's journey. Look at him. He's investing into his son and he's 10 times better than what, how he was raised. That's a hero's journey to me. You know, this rags, the riches stories, they're great. But the, the process in it is that God was there the whole time. The challenges were there the whole time. And we did do the work but I would have not, never gotten there without people like that we do now in my life, mentoring me, helping me, giving my parents, my friends, Dr. Pompa, you know, merrily, you know, they took me into their house when I was sick. I mean, there's all these people along the way that allowed me to be here to be able to share this message with you today. So I can't take credit for any of it, but I, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of belief. It's a lot of faith. It's a lot of that stuff. that's like a powder keg in your life that can literally give you endless possibilities of what success may mean to you. I'm still very driven. I will have a nine figure company, not because I don't even, I mean, I'd like to have a bigger paycheck. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I want a bigger team because we want to create great lives. We want to imprint them with a wonderful culture and pay them way better than they would other places. And it's just fun to see that you can create life, you know, out of your business for other people. So that's a driving force. And it comes out of that spiritual and emotional energy that pushed me through. Well, that was great. I mean, I really, I really got some connection there to, you know, that, that whole piece about fulfillment, right? Like it's not about you. It's about us. You've got a powerful team. You you were saying before the show, you've been able to, to relocate and you've gone virtual, which has been probably a little bit of a relief, but also scary at times. What do you feel has been one of the biggest aha moments for you breaking out of the day-to-day ops and more kind of like on your own? You know, I mean, I have to say once again, it was just a mentor and teacher, like just trying to hire different CEOs and making those mistakes. You don't know what you don't know until you make the mistake, right? So it happens with hiring. It happens with everything in your business, like to not understanding merchant accounts and making that mistake to like all these different things, right? You don't know what you don't know. You don't know your blind spots. And so I had a couple CEOs and uh, my current CEO, Roy, who you know, saw that I was moving along that path of enlightenment as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And he says, ha, Warren's in enough pain right now that 
I was able to relinquish control of my organization, right? My baby, you know, the one that I watched every mistake and I focused on the mistakes, unfortunately, <laughs> but in making in micromanaging the whole organization to, you know, multiple seven figures, right? So doing okay, driving a Ferrari, you know, a used Ferrari, but a Ferrari and doing well, but really that relinquishing control and being able to take a step back, maybe in profits for a while, maybe, it depends, and being able to trust someone else that you were blessed enough to have part of your organization like a Roy and see, use his experience to fly that jet that I didn't know how to play. So I really can't take credit for it, but I can create credit for the mistakes that got me open enough. And the, the real trigger, and this is for the entrepreneur that's struggling here, is you have to be able to relinquish control. We're nuts. We're crazy. We're, we're, we're creative. That's why we do what we do. But you, until you can relinquish that control and allow mistakes to happen, allow process to happen, the same mistakes that got to you to be successful, someone else has to experience that. And like you said to me earlier, Tony, one of your life's missions is making other people great, making superheroes, not necessarily being one, and allowing superheroes to rise up within your own organization. So that process came with a decision. It's like, you have the same decision today. Do you want to continue to live that insanity? Do you want the freedom? Um, Susan Powers. Yeah. Stop the insanity, right? <laughs> yeah. You just have to stop. You have to trust and you, and you have to break free. And, you know, there's a lots of my good friends that we mutually know, you know, that have done that. And their lives are so much better and more rich because it comes down to what do you really want? What is success? It's I work from home, you know, I mean, look, I got a you know, beautiful mountain view. I can even show you half of it, but I can sit here and my kids can run in and interrupt this call right now. And it's awesome to me and I can feel their love and we can homeschool and we can travel the world. And those are the things that matter, but you get both guys. I mean, what you really, you know, as an entrepreneur, as you're growing, it comes to that relinquishing control, using kindness and love, the real superpowers of running a business. Now there's times to hold people accountable and use systems and numbers to do that. You have lots of those in your business, Tony, but really that's what creates the true success in life. Now you have a more abundant heart. You're more giving, you're more loving, you're more kind. And the same way you want to treat your family and others around you is how you should be treating your employees and your team. Yeah. I want to bring up a point. Somebody posted in the uh, ClickFunnels group the other day about what do you think about, you know, someone's on the phone and you hear kids run in, you know, and you know, there's hundreds of comments, you know, going on in the, the Facebook group. And I love what Vinny Fisher wrote. He's like, who cares? Like, that's called business. That's freedom. That's life, right? That you just talked about kids could run in in the moment of this conversation. I've got people working right behind these walls. They're working on whatever it is they're doing. I love that you've been able to paint a beautiful picture today for everybody to understand. Like, you start where you start, you end where you end. And in between, it's a journey. And the journey you've been on sounds like one that has been filled with adventure, right? And you're overcoming things that life is throwing at you, but knowing that every day you're walking, God's right behind, beside you and you're taking steps. What I want to do, Revelation Health, just quickly talk a little bit about what somebody would find if they went to that website today. And then what I'm going to do is take us into the fulfillment round. Yeah. So revelationhealth.com is just a online health food store, essentially just one of our businesses the corporate entity is Revelation Health too. So we have influencers like drbapa.com. We're going to have quirky health tips. We have another influencer that we're doing a, another blog with. So we have influencer blogs. We have a lot of doctors that we coach that are these elite practitioners that are, we're helping them create their own blogs and 
YouTube channels and Facebook groups and do duplicate what we're doing. So it's not, it's that sharing, loving, prospering, all boats float higher. So that's part of our business is definitely within Revelation Health. The corporate entity is coaching these practitioners, elevating them, coming to our seminars, live it to lead it seminars, hcfseminars.com is the, the landing page for that. So if you're a doctor here, you want to check out what we do. If you could be a speaker at our events, we bring in speakers. And last event, we did a cancer focus. It was just amazing that it was so much power that was released in that. And we bring in like David Avocado Wolf and Fit the Fat the Fit, Drew Manning to bring in some of the health celebs out there. And so that's a lot of fun. And we do products. We're developing our own product line, True Cellular Formulas, which you looked at the logo and the non-toxic project is one of my pet peeves. We're not pet peeves, my pet projects that I'm taking on. So lots of different things like that we do. I could go on and on, but literally anything that is true that we believe at least like fasting, intermittent fasting, we released a new book called Beyond Fasting, really looking at diet variation and how to trick your body hormonally into those healing states. And really we're just repeating what history already knew. So those sorts of things that in the end generate great revenue for our affiliates that are promoting our products, to the companies that are doing fulfillment, aka Tony, Tony Grebmeyer and your wonderful organization. Um, we're looking to work with you in some of these launches. Anything that is is really high end that adds value and transacts well, you know, that's what we're into. I mean, even opening up um, some new clinics. Tony, we're doing a lot, but we have a great leadership team. Well, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at without that leadership team and just the phenomenal crew you have. So I want to say thanks to all of them for giving you the space and freedom to be on the show. But hey, what we're going to do is we are going to jump into the fulfillment round. If you are ready, just say you're ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by shipoffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? Biggest fish you've caught to date? You know, it was a paddlefish. I think it was in the Missouri when I was fishing in Montana. It was like a 40-pound paddlefish. It was the wow. biggest fish I think I ever caught. They're, they're prehistoric-looking animals. Look them up, paddlefish. They filter feed really big. What's something that you can share today that nobody, I mean nobody, knows about you? I got a lot of nervous habits, like picking my beard out, picking my nose, biting my fingernails. We'll get into that psychological mess, uh, challenge another time. But I do a lot of those. I have a lot of nervous habits like that. And nobody, right. I'm sure you may know if you talk to me enough, but I didn't do it here. You're not making me nervous. So. Nah, I love it. Are you a product of the eighties or nineties? Oh shoot. You know, I'm a, I probably more than nineties, I would say, but a little bit, of, definitely some 25% eighties influence. Cool. Childhood cabinet. Would you find fruit loops or granola growing up? Grape nuts and cinnamon toast crunch. So very similar oh. options, just kind yeah. of a little little different, but I love it. Jeep or Rolls Royce? If I was to come to you today, would we be in your Jeep or would we be in a Rolls? I'd rather be in a Jeep for sure. All right. Are you a Mac guy or a PC? Mac. Kicking and screaming, but I went in. Where did you meet your wife? At an NLP seminar. Ah, that uh, is very, very cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And married her two months later. So that's very interesting. Okay, we could talk about that another time. Yeah. Have you ever been arrested? I lied to the cops, and so therefore I've never been arrested. 
Okay. What's something you want the world to remember about you? Like your dash, like in between the day you're born and the day you die, what would your dash read? That he had an impact on bringing unity and tearing down religiosity and judgment in a sense, because that's kind of a really big thing that you really are, you know. The, the guy who has, or person who has to put it on there, it'd be there for a little while. But yeah, you know what I, mean? I give you one today. Warren Phillips lived with grit, fulfillment, and achievement, and all things God was with him. Amen. I love that. So thank you very much. You, we finished the fulfillment round. I'm left with just tons of great intel and insight about you today. The world's better for you coming on the show and sharing your path, your story from your early experiences to being sick in 03, 04, 05, to losing death and people around you and all these things going on. I, I just want to say thank you for your being transparent. But the word we're going to use is being authentic today and sharing a little bit, even in your fulfillment round, you were like picking your nose or biting your fingernails, being nervous. Like those are things that are okay that it's okay to be that. And I think it's great and beautiful that we talked a lot about God today. When I'm an ego, I'm edging God out of my life. I'm edging good out of my life. When I'm letting my ego be over there in the corner and I'm just speaking from my heart, I get connected at a deeper level with the world around me. And that's what I felt today with you being a guest on the show. Thank you, Warren, from the bottom of my heart for being a guest. We'll get all the details on how you can get connected with Warren at TonyGrubmeyer.com. Just search Warren Phillips and we'll get you to the show notes. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or other great media platforms, please do so. The show is literally brought to you in part by Ship Offers, where we help you to live out your dreams every single day. So check us out at shipoffers.com. That's Warren Phillips. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.